0: listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and analyze their meaning on everyday life. This week's theme is hard workers. I'm Jeff. And I'm Heather. And welcome to the show, friends. How's everybody doing out there in podcast land? How are you doing, Heather?
1: (laughs) You gotta do like the Steve on Blue's Clues thing, (laughs) like leave room for people to respond. And um, speaking of that, I just got traumatized. Yeah. I don't know the best, or maybe just hitting the feels would be a better way, not yeah. necessarily traumatized. Uh, Nick Jr. released uh, a 25th anniversary of Blues Clues with like Steve basically apologizing for like dipping out out of nowhere to go to college.
0: Yeah, right. I guess they and didn't think that through when he was like, I don't like,
1: think they did. They <laughs> went were, out to
0: get a pack of smokes at the corner and never came back. They
1: like traumatized kids. Like I remember everybody was like, in. Like an uproar about that.
0: I thought it was like he, the hot
1: goss on, on the kindergarten and uh, kindergarten playground. I know.
0: I thought for I don't know why like rumors like this gets brown But I thought he was like going to rehab or something. That's, and you are like, no, yeah. he went to college. I'm like, that's a lot different. That was the
1: <laughs> elementary um like playground rumor was yeah. that he was like doing drugs and had to go to rehab. Oh wow, it's crazy people what kids are mean, turn Things into. <laughs> like I know. I know. I
0: wanted to go get a degree, and people are like, nope, he was tweaking outside the Wendy's
1: <laughs> but anyway he hits you in the feels real hard yeah it's um, pretty sad so maybe we should link that on a, one of our socials because yeah, we'll it a uh, poof you know what got though? me
0: that was a lot of kids gateway into hard work I mean you had to look for clues you were doing detective work you were
1: maybe thinking, it's like critical fresh thinking fresh in my mind because uh yeah. I work with like kids and work with young kids and we just did a staff training today mm. um but it's just crazy like you think of things from like your childhood and like the effect that it had on you, like as a child and probably continues into adulthood. Like, I mean, Did Blue's Clues, like, make me, like, love murder mysteries? Like, I I guess we'll never know. You know what I mean? Like.
0: Just like how snack packs made you like, like, charcuterie. Or no, no, the uh, lunchables. Lunchables.
1: (laughs) But maybe that's it, though. Like, maybe these things that we loved in our childhood, we just like the grown-up versions of it now. (laughs) I don't like. Maybe, yeah. There's some weird psychological thing. I I bet you there is.
0: I've been, like, hyper aware to not do anything weird for the next five years in front of our (laughs) future (laughs) child. It's like, curtain. Everything. I just want to be like, <laughs> you know.
1: But yeah, maybe that's why our generation loves good crime stories because we grew up salt looking for clues on Blues Clues. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Huh. I'd be interested. Somebody find, do a study. There's do definitely science like a science person. Do a yeah. study. But anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> studies are hard work as well. That's which
1: is, right. Which is yeah. this episode's theme.
0: Yes. Which is um in honor of Labor Day, which just passed. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to look at some different tropes of you know spreading yourself thin and maybe uh putting your back yeah. into it you know there's two sides of the coin you know, it's get so crazy because um
1: without like labor day and like yeah. all that jazz like who knows what the work week would have looked like in the united states i mean like it's yeah. already a shit show at eight hours five days a week 40 hours you know 40 yeah. hours a week and uh whatnot but I mean, it could be worse, guys. Yeah. Could be worse. I
0: don't know how you or like the listeners feel about Dave Chappelle, but he has a line and I'm going to butcher it about how um, like the way you get like an eight hour day is because, you know, they found out people were cracking after eight hours. So it's kind of sad where like they would work you to the bone day in and day out if
1: you know yeah (laughs) they just
0: said eight hours is just the breaking point of a person
1: (laughs) i just saw somewhere i can't remember which country it's probably some like Like, swedish norwegian country scandinavian country yeah um where they're going to a four-day work week i saw
0: that too yeah and it's shorter days and it's shorter days i think it's like
1: five or six hours which like
0: it's more like concentrated work i guess you're, you're more likely to do it if you have less time
1: I feel like you're probably more productive as I a worker do, that way, but
0: it's going to be a long intro, but whatever. I had to do a meeting this morning about, um, like my workers, whatever, like productivity and stuff. Yeah, and i was yeah. like, how do I gauge? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to
1: say, yeah. um,
0: give well, A's across the board.
1: What's considered productive. You know what I mean? That's pretty, yeah. um. Especially in Up COVID into interpretation. Times. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Working yeah. from home. Because sometimes, all like, that getting out of bed stuff. and, like,
0: putting your pants on is, like, a huge acos- accomplishment of the day. So.
1: And that's productive. Should be celebrated. It could make it as you a well, hard yeah. worker. Exactly.
0: But, so, yeah. speaking of putting on special kind of pants. I'm going to be recapping Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, two thousands. Cause I was like, you know, who? Does, you know, who works the hardest Spider-Man. <laughs> and then we watched <laughs> he puts it. The
1: work in man.
0: We were watching it. And I was like, shit, they don't give Peter Parker like one second to scratch no. his ass. Like peace. He's client. like all
1: over the place. Yeah. It's a good thing he can like web sling, man. Mm, sense danger. Yeah. Got his spidey senses. <laughs> And I am covering the classic Little House on the Prairie.
0: Nice. So, yeah, why don't we do our time-honored tradition of rocks, paper, scissors, and find out who's going to present their recap first.
1: Sounds good. Right, ready? Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Wow, I won. <laughs> I love that. Good so, feeling.
0: how do you want to play this out?
1: <laughs> I think I'm going to go first. Okay,
0: cool. Very nice. So, then why don't we take a quick break and recharge our batteries and we'll be right back with Little House on the Prairie.
1: talk about little house on the prairie which funny enough we were just talking about like the childhood thing yeah and little house on the prairie was like so fundamental or foundational for me yeah like i don't know i was real into little house and on. you were a real big outdoor kid. kid weren't you yeah i mean i loved like pioneers mm. i don't know what it was i think it kind of was the little house on the prairie obsession just like once real far but it it like got me into other aspects of history like i was really into the oregon trail Mm. um i was really into like the donner party and (laughs) which is like (laughs) real weird for a kid
0: shouldn't be into that when you're like five it's like we found a clue (laughs)
1: but i was like oh they're traveling west and then like didn't realize like what what went down (laughs) as they traveled more
0: recipes
1: (laughs) but uh, um there was also that series growing up um when i was a kid 90s Children will get it. Yes. Um, the Dear America series was like real big, and huh. I loved that. And it was like, um, like basically like diaries, fictional diaries written from like uh-huh. different perspective of people in the United States, like from history. Her from history. So there was like, you know, pioneer ones, and yeah. then there was like child labor ones, <laughs> like when there was like no child labor laws and people were like working in factories. Oh, wow. I mean, I was really into the American Girl Doll series too. So, hmm. um. They do a really awesome job. So I think all of that just like combined into one. Yeah. It's shocking. I'm not a history teacher.
0: (laughs) That kind of sounds like there's a, I'm going to take it back to comics. There's a Captain America series going on now where he's like going across country and meeting all these other small town Captain Americas and like finding out their stories and stuff. Yeah. It kind of sounds like that. I don't know why. Like they just go to like a town and find a person and.
1: That's so cool. Into it.
0: This is, that's like the bare bones of the, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you've never read Little House on the Prairie and or watched the TV show, um, it's kind of the autobiography of the life of Laura Ingalls Wilder who grew up in the 1800s and her family were like settlers out yeah. West.
0: I'm going to ask a dumb question. Did this mm-hmm. lady really exist?
1: Or yes. Is- okay. Yes. She <laughs> wrote her own, like, gotcha. Yeah. These are like her. I think she did switch things around. Like it's not completely autobiography, yeah. like biographical, <laughs> but like for the most part, it's pretty like true to her life. Like these are true events that happened. Yeah. I believe she may have like changed, switched it up, and also it's from her yeah, perspective as a liberty. child. Yeah. Like she's young when these events are happening. Yeah. So, Little House on the Prairie was originally published in 1935. Yikes. Yep. Uh, It's the third book in the Little House series, but it's only the second one that features the Ingalls family. So the first one is Little House in the Big Woods. Yeah. Then the second one is uh, Farmer Boy, which is actually based on Laura Ingalls Wilder's husband. And it's like his childhood years. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I I appreciate that she like, you know, (laughs) threw in some stories about her husband and uh, nice. his childhood, and then it so I'll goes be expecting into expecting
0: a book at some point. In my... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I got to write my own book first, then That's I guess. True. So this is the second book in the Laura years, quote unquote. Gotcha. Um, and it and the Little House series is like her whole entire life. So it starts like when she's really young. And then, so she's still kind of like a, a child here. I, th- I believe she's like ten, maybe tops, in this book. It
0: ends when Thanos shows up and snaps away half the crops.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> this, you know, it goes into like her marriage yeah. and childhood, or childbearing years and whatnot, like later on. Mm. So let's dig into Little House on the Prairie.
0: Nice, <laughs> dig in. I see what you did. Uh
1: huh. So this begins with Ma, Pa. Uh, and their daughters Mary, Laura, and baby Carrie. This is they are the Ingalls family, and mm. they're heading from the Big Woods of Wisconsin to what they call the Indian Territory. Um, be politically correct. I am going to call it Native Americans, and I'm also going to say the tribe that lived in the area was the Osage tribe. Okay. So we're gonna respect, put some respect on their name.
0: Absolutely. It is
1: the Osage Nation is the specific tribe in this area. The family decides to leave the woods of Wisconsin because it's become too crowded. So, Mm. you know, there's not as much, like, hunting, like, resources become, like, scarce. So they're like, well, let's go to where things are a little bit more open. Let's go to the prairie.
0: Everybody wanted to go out west those days.
1: Oh, yeah. That was, like, (laughs) the big thing. So they hope to cross the Mississippi River before the ice melts, and they get set on their journey early on in the... Early spring, late winter season. So they need to travel across Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri to eventually reach Kansas and the open plains. That's like a big journey, man. Yeah.
0: Especially back then. Like yeah. Covered wagon. Have, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not like you're hopping in a car or yeah, on a plane. You don't have like
0: the family uh, cruiser, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You're just, you're in a covered wagon and trucking it with your horses. Their horses' names are Pet and Patty, by the way. Okay. So on their journey, they are crossing a creek with unusually high water, and the family unfortunately loses their loyal dog, Jack. No. He's taken downriver and assumed to have drowned. They, like, look for him, and he can't be found. Must so they,
0: have been keep, devastating for you when you were little. Yeah. I, I don't like- <laughs> And today.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't like a bad ending for a dog. <laughs> Probably, like-
0: no. Yeah, nobody does.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like um, in what was it, Independence Day? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like stressing real hard. Dog
0: leaps out of nowhere and survives. Like, (laughs) like, thank God. (laughs) I I wish I filmed that.
1: (laughs) I was real worried for a minute. I was like, they don't kill this dog, do they? (laughs) So the family continues on their journey, and they watch the landscape change. And they're always lucky. Pa always manages to find some good hunting, keep the family fed. At night, they sometimes hear the howl of wolves, though, which is like a little scary to the children, you know? And one night, Laura spots eyes in the darkness staring at them. So they're like, oh, shit, is this a wolf? Mm. But, but are you ready for this plot twist here? Turns out to be their beloved dog, Jack.
0: Nice. There you go. He
1: found their way back to them. He
0: was like, assholes.
1: He's like, you guys (laughs) left me.
0: (laughs) You didn't hear me calling?
1: (laughs) I was here this whole time. On their final day of travel, they come across a beautiful open space of land on the plains. They are near the Ver... Oh, God, I hope I say this right. Verdigris. Verdigris River. Verdigris? Verdigris. Verdigris River. Okay. It's a real river out, out there. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no worn trails in sight, which means it's not really settled. Mm. Um, and they decide to unpack their wagon and begin to settle this land as their own. There's plenty of resources, lots of lots of fish, lots of game for them to hunt. So they're like, this is a good spot. We're going to make this our home. (laughs) The two older daughters, Laura and Mary, fetch water, do laundry, and they prepare food and help care for their baby sister as Pa begins to build a home for them. He's building like a log cabin, which is a good time. One afternoon while hunting, Pa meets a neighbor who lives two miles away, and this man's name is Mr. Edwards, and they like help each other out like true neighbors, and he helps them build their house, finish the house for the family. The evening, the Ingalls home is complete, minus a floor and a roof. But, you know, I guess you'll get there, right? <laughs> um will Ma get them eventually, yeah. will <laughs> get a roof eventually. Just, you know, get rained on a little bit. It's fine. Uh, Mom Ma makes a special dinner. And after dinner, Pa takes out their fiddle and they he sings while Mr. Edward dances. It's like a little party. Well <laughs> little house party. Like- um, Before working on the floor or roof, Pa makes the a stable for the horses like a priority because like the yeah, wolves. You don't want them
0: like getting away or anything. Yeah,
1: the horses are like pretty important, you know, so you can't yeah. just like let them get eaten by wolves or whatnot. So Pet and Patty get a little stable for themselves. <laughs> um, Before winter, Pa also helps Mr. Edwards finish building his home and he also builds a roof as well as a bed for Ma. And a uh, chair and tables so they have a place to eat dinner. He nice. even digs a well for water, which I feel like would be kind of hard, man.
0: Yeah, it's gotta, you gotta go pretty deep, right? Like, right,
1: you gotta get down there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not doing anything else during the day, really. It's not like you're watching TV or, yeah, it's true. On TikTok or anything. Pa
1: was probably working his ass off for like probably <laughs> hours, you know? Like the sun comes up and he's just digging his well until like,
0: I'm almost done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder how he got out of there a ladder rope, yeah I don't know
0: yeah, rope. <laughs> I always watch those uh videos of like dudes in like Asia and stuff making these uh like awesome mm-hmm. pools and like saunas or whatever like they just take out like, so
1: impressed and I'm like I know yeah, with like that. their hands
0: in a bucket I'm yeah. like there you go <laughs> <laughs> which is
1: so funny because when I lived in Philly remember I made a sandpit yeah that's true and, and all the haters were like you can't do it and I was like watch me but You're I dead. feel like I could Definitely build a pool if given time and resources. Okay. We'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, using their logic, just go out into a field and be like, this is a good spot to build my house.
1: (laughs) My group of friends call me Boy Scout Heather. Nice. Because I'm just one of those people that just like, I was like kid of the woods. Like I just like, (laughs) like like building stuff and like was into like woodsy things. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. That's totally normal. (laughs) It's not. I cried over inkberries once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on, we have other settlers coming into the area. Um, you know they're not really living on top of each other though. Like it's your neighbors, and, but you live a few miles apart.
0: Yeah, which is like the dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And you, it's not like you can just like walk to their house. I mean, I guess you could, but
0: yeah. I mean, you could tell if like. There's a fire. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But you don't have to listen to them like bumping their jams in the middle of the night. It's
1: the dream. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess like really what a mile might take them like 15, 20 minutes to walk.
0: I like, yeah, not even. So I
1: guess really it's not that bad. Yeah. Dream. They share provisions and they take care of each other. They like are truly neighborly, which is like not the same now. I feel like (laughs) like I don't even know who lives next to us. Yeah. I mean, I know like some people, but. We've like, lived here for five years.
0: I, I saw one um Facebook meme or status or whatever the other day that was like, You know you're in a sim <laughs> because like nobody has ever witnessed their neighbors bring in their groceries. And I'm like, holy shit, I've never witnessed that, that like
1: what that <laughs> fucked me up.
0: It did that fucked like, me
1: up because I saw that and I was like, I literally don't think I've ever seen ever my neighbors bring groceries Mm-mm. in.
0: Nope. <laughs> They've never seen us. And then, ne- like,
1: <laughs> are we all real? Like, what <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway? Anyway,
1: moving on. Um, the Osage Nation shares these prairies with the other settlers. However, they are beginning to resent the white man and do not interact with them. Um, the government's been pushing the Native Americans out of their land for years, obviously, um, because. The white men suck. Um, <laughs> there's no other way to say it. No. Uh, they're being forced west to settle in new areas as the white men continue to push west themselves. Yeah, not
0: everybody's neighborly, Heather.
1: So. Yeah, the white men were neighborly to each other, maybe not quite to the natives of the land, but exactly. you know, that's a whole other podcast, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take it back. Uh, as winter nears, Pa builds a rock chimney so that Ma can cook indoors over a fireplace and their family also has heat. Pretty important in the wintertime, mm. especially out in like Kansas, where I assume there's probably like some snow and stuff. Uh, Blizzards
0: probably some. On the man. plains. I don't think I've ever been to Kansas.
1: I have never been to Kansas either. Hmm. It's on my list because between this and Wizard of Oz, I was always yeah, a big Kansas fan, guys.
0: Nice. If we have any Kansas listeners, let us know. <laughs> Send us your uh, recommendations like. out in Kansas. Yeah.
1: I'll go. Yeah, I'm down. It's on my list. Everyone continues to work together to care for their family's daily needs. Obviously, living out in the prairie, there's a lot of hard work to be done to keep the household moving. Mm. Uh, one afternoon, Pa's out hunting, and two Native Americans come to the home. Out of fear and respect, Ma feeds them and gives them cornmeal and Pa's tobacco. And at their request, and I guess they go, they they leave, they go away. Ma is very fearful of the Native Americans, but Pa tells her that they won't be a threat if they don't feel threatened. Yeah. So basically, like, treat them with respect and kindness. Yeah. Yeah, right, that's cool. Yeah. Pa, we like Pa. I'm on
0: board with that, yeah.
1: Pa's a very, like, listen, man, we're on their land, like, you gotta respect mm. them. As the season shifts, mosquitoes are everywhere, which sucks, we all know, summertime, mosquitoes yeah, skeeters come out.
0: <laughs> like their number one like hit. yeah you really <laughs> like, are every mosquito hive has like my picture and they're like this guy it's like
1: <laughs> i don't think i've been bitten by mosquitoes no. since being with jeff i <laughs> really don't because they all go to him and i'm like all right <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm an inside guy <laughs> <laughs> you still have a scar on your ankle don't
1: you from what's yeah. a mosquito bite yep that was a vicious one <laughs> so after being bit by the mosquitoes day after day everyone in the family grows sick yikes a passing doctor makes his rounds in the area and he finds the angles family has been ill for days they've been unable to do their chores or even fix a meal so their neighbor mrs scott thanks mrs scott comes to stay and nurse them back to health so the family initially like i mean back in the day like healthcare, like they thought yeah. they were sick because of like watermelon seeds <laughs> what yup <laughs> uh but later they they figure out that it was malaria that they contracted through oh, mosquito shit. bites.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, there's that.
0: Mosquitoes didn't even have chill back then, I guess. They huh?
1: didn't. It was malaria back then. It was mm. yeah, scary stuff. Late in the winter, two Native Americans come to the Ingalls home. Pa cannot speak their language, but he sits down with them to eat and share their tobacco for pipes, which I feel like is a great universal sign for, hey, I respect you. Like, yeah. let's chill, you know? The next morning, one of the Native men crosses a trail near their home. Jack, the dog, runs out to attack him because he's like, this is my property and I'm a dog. And woof. <laughs> And the Native American raises his gun. But Pa calls Jack off and the Native American is like, OK, we cool. And he just continues down the trail. Um, pa believes he is the Osage in, uh, Native American chief.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So he's like, he was a chill guy.
0: Just coming to scope it out.
1: Yeah, he's just checking things. Pa makes a journey to Independence, Missouri in the early spring, and he returns with a plow and seedlings, wheat, tobacco, coffee, and even glass for some windows. Huh. Yeah, and an real egg. fancy out there. I was going to say, I guess
0: no windows, huh?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. So, they now they have glass for windows, though, so they're, like, <laughs> extra fancy out there on the
0: prairie. What a day.
1: What a day. <laughs> While there, Pa has also heard a rumor that the government will be asking the white settlers To leave the territory. Hmm. Pa doesn't believe that this news is true, but it does worry Ma a little bit. As the spring wears on, the Angles fear the sound of the Native war cry that lasts for days. Turns out the Osage nation are fighting each other as to decide whether to fight the white men or just move on, move from their land. Hmm. The Osage chief is responsible for sparing the lives of the white men, and in the end, the Native Americans head west. The Angles watch as a long line of men, women, children traveling with all their possessions from the horizon on the west to the horizon on the east. So that's a little sad. They yeah, just it sucks. Move from their land. Mm-hmm. With the Native Americans gone, a peace kind of settles on the prairie. The Angles stay busy. They plant some new crops. They're caring for their land until one day, Mr. Scott and Mr. Edwards, that's their neighbors, yes. come to talk to Pa. It turns out the government is sending soldiers to drive the settlers out of the Native American territory. Pa refuses to be escorted across the line as if he's done something wrong. So they were, they are going to leave this land and find a new place to settle. Huh. Yeah.
0: Well, at least he got up and moved.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought at- you
0: were going to be like, no, this is my land, damn it.
1: <laughs> nah, Pa's pretty chill. <laughs> okay. He's like very respectful of other people. Yeah. After a bittersweet farewell with the land and home they've come to love. Angle's family is on the road again and Laura discovers that whether home is in their house or in a covered wagon the important thing is that they're together and safe they have a comfortable life on the open prairie and more adventure is in their future wow. very nice Heather yeah. yeah.
0: so why don't we take a quick break and we'll talk about the complete opposite <laughs> Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> we'll be right back guys I'm going to tell you about Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Man 2.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, Spider-Man 1 was like a crazy box office smash. And obviously they're like, let's get a second one ASAP.
1: That was my first superhero movie, I feel like. Yeah, I guess
0: for a lot of people it was. Because, I mean, they had a, a few in the 90s, but they just like weren't good.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I It was definitely one of the first superhero movies I saw, I feel like. Yeah.
0: Well, there would have been. The only ones before that were like X-Men and Blade.
1: Yeah, I didn't see them.
0: Steel was kind of trash. <laughs> I wouldn't go see Steel. Um, but yeah, no, this is like, you know, people were like stoked for Spider-Man. It's, it's a big deal. I'm pretty sure Spider-Man is like the number one most licensed superhero in like the world, like more than Spider-Man or more than Batman, more than Superman. Really? I got to double check on that. At least at one point, it was Spider-Man all the way. <laughs> like huh, I super never knew recognizable. That. <laughs> so uh, this movie was released on June 30th, 2004. And it shows because this movie is so 2000s (laughs) and it's amazing.
1: It's awesome.
0: (laughs) Um, It was directed by Sam Raimi, who's famous for the Evil Dead trilogy. And he's also coming back to the Marvel Universe to direct uh, Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Oh, so that's going to be
0: awesome because he has a a horror style to it. Right. And that like Multiverse of Madness is already supposed to be like spooky and creepy and stuff. So I think it's going to be a really good addition to that movie. I'm into it. Um, stars toby mcguire kirsten dunst who hilariously threw shade at the spider-man reboot and is now going to appear in the new (laughs) (laughs) spider-man james franco alfred Molina, who's also returning for spider-man no way home coming love that jk simmons who came back as j jonah jameson in the last spider-man and probably is going to be in the newest toby um tom holland and rosemary harris as aunt may so this uh The only Academy Award that's uh, notable for this one is Best Visual Uh, Effects, which while we were watching, (laughs) we are like, this doesn't That's amazing. (laughs) These special effects look.
1: I was like, that literally uh, looks like a toy fire truck right now. Yeah, I
0: know. But hey. Well,
1: you know, I guess 2004, (laughs) it was the hot.
0: You said the same thing for Independence Day. You were like, this looks fake as shit. And
1: you're like, we're dying because it had won the visual effect, right? Yep. They should put you in charge
0: of it. You would get like nobody. Nobody wins this (laughs) year. Well, you know what's
1: crazy is whatever won this year or in, you know, recent years, Mm. we're going to look back on that and be like, wow, this shit looks awful.
0: (laughs) I know, right? And like, like,
1: we're watching the Marvel movies now and I'm like, wow, look at how good this is. And like years (laughs) down the line, we're going to be like, this looks so dated. What the hell? (laughs) What a joke.
0: Yep. Um, So the movie starts with Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, who's working a pizza delivery gig, but he's not really doing a good job. Being that he's Spider-Man, Peter is often distracted by crime whenever he's doing anything alter ego related. So he's always late to places and he's late to deliver his pizzas and generally non-existent to his friends, Mary Jane and Harry Osborn. Um, His struggle to balance his civilian life and his superhero life as Spider-Man also causes him to get fired from his jobs and do poorly in school. Um, where otherwise he's a genius and like a standout student. So Yeah. Womp
1: womp. That sucks.
0: Um at the end of a horrible day where he's fired for missing his pizza delivery deadlines, he's surprised at his his Aunt May's house by Mary Jane and Harry, who are throwing him a birthday party. So Aww.
1: he's so
0: busy he forgot his birthday.
1: That's so sad. It's
0: kinda. Yeah, I know, right? I've done that before. I'm like, shit, it's my birthday.
1: Your birthday does sneak up real <laughs> fast though.
0: <laughs> um not the party. Harry's clearly not pleased that Peter is still, quote, friends with Spider-Man, especially because he assumes that Spider-Man killed his father, the Green Goblin. And that happened in Spider-Man 1.
1: Yes. Spoiler this movie, alert. <laughs> this movie does a
0: good job of recapping Spider-Man 1 through art and the opening credits. So even yeah. if you didn't see the first one, it gives you the gist.
1: Right. Well, I hadn't seen the first one in so long. Yeah. And uh it definitely helped. Like I felt like I was caught up. Yeah. That doesn't age
0: well. What, the first one? The first one.
1: Oh, man. I <laughs> haven't seen that well. since whatever year that came out. <laughs> what year thi- was that?
0: 2002. Ugh. You know? I remember thinking that one didn't age well in like 2009. I'm like, oh, good, no. Can so, you imagine? That's yeah. <laughs> so bad. I kind of want to watch it now, though.
1: Maybe we should pull that up after this.
0: Yeah. um Also, Aunt May's uh, facing foreclosure for her house. So that sucks. Oh,
1: awesome. poor Aunt May. Yeah, right.
0: Uh, Peter's writing a term paper for college on Dr. Otto Octavius, a scientist that Harry's company Oscorp is funding research for and offers to introduce Peter to Otto, um, who would go on to befriend and mentor Peter calling him quote, brilliant, but lazy. I feel, <laughs> and I feel that <laughs> At least I think I am, um, during a public demonstration of Otto's revolutionary fusion machine which will uh, create an artificial sun and renewable energy, which is hilarious because that's the whole theme of Iron Man and he did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I was thinking, I was like, I feel some similarities here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: um, but Peter and Harry are there and there's a power spike that causes the fusion reactor to destabilize and go haywire. And it's, you know, putting everybody in danger. Um, Octavius refuses to shut down the reactor, despite, like I said, it's just like going nuts and, hurting people, and unfortunately, it kills his wife, who is an assistant. Aww. Yeah. Um. Spider Man unplugs the uh, machine, and he's like,
1: "No, Spider Man, don't!" <laughs> How dare you!
0: But it also fuses the four arms, like the mechanical arms, to his back, which were like his, I guess, surgical utensils to go. It was
1: like in his spine or something. It yeah, must it was have like, been connected to like to the his neurons and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yikes! And he only had like one unguarded computer chip like blocking the link between man and machines that thing gets blown up so now he's getting like influenced by his arms (laughs) he's going a little crazy it's superheroes guys it's like a
1: like he's a host basically i feel
0: like so like i said uh spider-man shuts the stuff down destroying everything in the process and um Otto goes to the hospital and there there's like a funny scene of like the doctors trying to cut off his arms. Well, it's not funny, I shouldn't say that. I was gonna say, that scene is the opposite
1: of funny. The setup
0: is funny where they're like, let's get these arms off, fellas. (laughs) And they, like, come back to life and, like, kill everybody.
1: Yeah, I was like, wait. (laughs) That part's not fun. I was like, that was not funny.
0: The premise is fun. Where you're like, (laughs) yada-da. I'm
1: gonna just chop these arms off.
0: But that's where you get Sam Raimi, the horror director, because it cuts Mm. into, like, a horror sequence.
1: It was a little spooky. In the middle of it, yeah. It was a little spooky.
0: So. And all the, the arms were, I think, real for the most part. They built, like, the arms. Oh, really? Not for, like, the wide Wasn't shots. Wasn't, like, animation? The close-ups of the arms. Like, there were, you know, metal arms that they had on strings and shit to do all this oh, fun shit. stuff. But
1: like little puppets.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's really fun um, extra features if you look on, like, YouTube and stuff. Oh. These arms, and they're just, like, fucking around with these arms. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so now that Dr. Octopus is uh, controlled by the arms, like, they're influencing his brain they convince him to uh do his experiment again and in order to do that he's got to rob a bank to get money to buy stuff which like it's if he's not good man if you had the arms and you had all the stuff like why wouldn't you go rob the stuff yeah <laughs> like, right it's just funny that he went to the bank to rob the bank to get the stuff <laughs> <What> if? <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever works movie
0: so peter and his aunt may are coincidentally at the bank trying to get a loan for aunt may so that her house doesn't foreclose what and a coincidence. they run into doc octopus <laughs> 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 um peter rescues uh aunt may who like gets taken briefly by hostage by dr octopus and um unfortunately he gets away with the money and no is, like, jealous <laughs> he literally got that bag though because they were the actual money bags with the Mm -hmm. coins
1: got that bag (laughs) uh
0: the daily bugle subsequently dubs the scientist dr octopus but not before suggesting that they name him dr strange first which is a funny line. that
1: was really funny i was into that line
0: i know right especially because dr strange is gonna be in the new spider-man
1: oh my god it's like maybe somebody was telling the future right
0: well, it's funny, too. At the beginning of the movie, he's got a um, a sticker for the pizzeria he works at. And mm-hmm. the address is on Bleecker Street, which is where Dr. Strange's Sanctum is. Oh, Sanctum, shit. So.
1: You think they did that on purpose? No
0: big deal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: It all also, comes together.
0: That's the second name drop of Dr. Strange in a sequel. Because in Captain America 2, they're like, Stephen Strange. <laughs> huh. So, I wonder how long they've been planning that shit.
1: Oh, my God. Well, the MCU has been planning it for 5 million years, which I know this wasn't.
0: I know. Dude, you know, the sidebar, but you know what I found out the other day that blew my mind? What? So we're gonna cover something in the future that correlates to this, but um, they're planning on making a Black Widow movie in like two thousand and two. And they had a writer and director, and then they were just like, nah.
1: That's so just crazy. Didn't work out, yeah. So crazy.
0: <laughs> Nuts. I think Ant Man was like in pre production from like nineteen
1: ninety, like Oh my god. But timing <laughs> is everything though, because if they had made Black Widow in two thousand and two it would yeah. have been so sexualized. And well, that's like,
0: that's the yeah. thing The Halle Berry Catwoman and the mm-hmm. Elektra movie like they were like, oh, yeah, that's not yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like look at Wonder Woman in comparison now. Yeah, you know? absolutely.
0: Well they tried to make Wonder Woman a TV show before that. And it same thing. It was just like mm, it's not the right time.
1: Timing's everything, man.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, in Peter Parker's real life, Mary Jane finds success as a Broadway actress, and um, she's like doing all these shows and stuff. But Peter's such a bad friend that he never. Did you catch
1: the show, by the way? No, what was it? The importance of being earnest, yeah. which is written by the same author, uh, Oscar Wilde, as the picture of Dorian Gray, oh, which we I just get covered. Get
0: out of here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Fun fact. Um. Yeah. So she's in this play and she's doing really good, but she's mad because Peter like never comes to visit her. And, like, there's a thing there where, like, they're both definitely in love with each other, but Peter's...
1: sexual tension.
0: Yeah, Peter's, like, cutting it off because he doesn't want her to get involved with, like, the Spider-Man stuff.
1: (laughs) I can't say I blame him.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he's got to, like, routinely tell her that, like, he doesn't love her and whatever. and That's got to be hard. (laughs) It's real
1: hard when he clearly does. Yeah,
0: exactly. So she's tired of waiting, and she's going to shack up with astronaut John Jameson, (laughs) who is the son of The Daily Bugle editor J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs)
1: Love how he's an astronaut,
0: right? Well, it's funny in the comics, um, like the Venom symbiote comes home with John Jameson's like shuttle. So.
1: That's so funny,
0: at least in one iteration. I don't know, they always change this shit around, Can <laughs> 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 never keep up,
1: <laughs> changes every time. Yeah. So,
0: um, at this point, too, Peter's kind of going through like emotional breakdowns over a lot of stuff, and the stress is just so instrumental that he actually stops like having access to his spider-man powers yeah so like he's swinging and like the swingy stuff isn't working and he's like web slinging is failing him yep so this spider-man like the webs come from him which is gross yeah that freaks me out the other spider-man like have to make their own web shooters (laughs) so he's just lost his spider goo (laughs) falling out of the sky because of this he obviously doesn't want to get hurt anymore and he's like this is a golden opportunity he quits being spider-man and returns to his normal life um trying to unsuccessfully reconcile with mary jane like he's going to her show and he's bringing her flowers and she's like bro i'm engaged now and he's like how engaged (laughs) how engaged (laughs) just because there's
1: a goalie doesn't mean you can't score (laughs) damn (laughs) that
0: was some like dogging over there (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> don't believe that just you know pulling that line
0: <laughs> so he throws away the spider-man suit and it's hilarious that he only's got
1: one <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a garbage man like finds it and brings it to uh the daily bugle where Jane joden jameson's a little like bummed that spider-man quit now he doesn't have a little buddy to write like hit tracks about
1: <laughs> it's like a uh, batman and the joker you know like kind of like that spiel like you can't have one yeah. without the other Kinda. I don't think
0: but I don't think Jameson ever like truly hated Spider-Man. That's true. I think he just, you know,
1: just he, needed somebody to just
0: reason to live. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, just get those goddamn pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, during all this, too, Peter uh, tells his Aunt May that uh, he feels responsible for his Uncle Ben's death and how um, he could have stopped a thief on the night of Uncle Ben's murder. And he didn't. So um, he just feels the guilt of that.
1: That was a heavy scene.
0: That was a very heavy scene. There's also another really heavy scene with the actor who plays Uncle Ben. And they're like in this Twilight car, getting one last conversation in. And Peter's like, I can't be Spider Man. Uncle Ben's like, You gotta be Spider Man. Great Aww. power comes, great responsibility. <laughs> you gotta give up your life because you got all this power. And he's like, ah,
1: that Sucks. Like, you're right, <laughs> Uncle Ben.
0: Well, no, he like walks out, but I he'll come back. I mean, you know, yeah.
1: In it's in his brain.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's the seed has been planted. (laughs) Um, but the most important thing at the end of the day is that Aunt May forgives him. Um, and kind of inadvertently talks him back into being Spider Man with like a little bit of a pep talk about Uncle Ben and you know, gotta do what you gotta do, bro. Yeah. So meanwhile, Doctor Octopus is trying to get his machine working again, and he needs this stuff called tritium. And he knows that Harry Osborn has it. So he goes to Harry Osborn and he's like, give me the tritium.
1: <laughs> Nobody gets hurt.
0: <laughs> Harry's like, give me Spider-Man. So it's like, OK. Um, and also Harry tells him that, like, you got to rough up Peter Parker to get the Spider-Man. So that was kind of a dick move.
1: Yeah, it was kind of rude that he threw his friend under the bus. He
0: was like, my best friend knows. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Octopus goes um, right when Mary Jane and Peter having like a crucial like relationship moment um, interrupts that shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he like (laughs) throws
0: a car into them.
1: It was not good.
0: No. And he uh, uh, kidnaps Mary Jane and is like, tell Spider-Man to meet me at three o'clock at this place and uh, throws Peter. (laughs) later spider-man does meet dr octopus at that place and kicks the shit out of each other and um they end up on a train which is the classic like iconic train scene from this movie like everybody knows the spider-man at the front of the train with all the webs and stuff so basically the gist is that he rips out the brakes and spider-man has to like shoot all these webs
1: (laughs) saves the train yeah he's got to save all the uh, civilians Mm -hmm.
0: so that works and then he's like uh, he gets knocked out, though, at the end of that. And uh, Dr. Octopus delivers him to Harry. Harry takes off Spider-Man's mask. is like, oh, shit, it's Peter.
1: <laughs> he's like, wait a minute.
0: Peter's like, I know I'm Spider-Man, but you got to chill and tell me where Dr. Octopus is right now because he's still got Mary Jane and she's our friend, bro. <laughs> so,
1: so like, you know, just deal
0: for a minute. Yeah. He lets bygones be bygones and tells him where Dr. Octopus is. Peter rolls up on Dr. Octopus, who... Is doing the same, um, the same uh, experiment, but again he has like his calculations wrong and is fucking up.
1: <laughs> God damn it, Doctor o- Octopus! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doctor Cockapus. <laughs> so Spider Man prevails by you know kicking his ass at the uh, at the last moment. Doctor Octopus realizes that oh shit, like I fucked up and uh, agrees to destroy his own machine himself to like stop this exploding sun that's growing and gonna like suck up everything. So. Doctor Octopus quote dies.
1: Looks like he sacrifices himself, yep. but I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe and he goes to another reality. That's
0: what I'm thinking. And then through the saving of Mary Jane, Spider-Man's mask comes off and she sees that it's Peter and she's like, Oh shit, that's why you're being so weird all the time.
1: Like, that makes sense. <laughs> I never
0: put two and two together. Um, all is well, he like puts her in a web and like drops her back down to her husband, her <laughs> <or> soon-to-be <laughs> husband. Uh, Who's waiting on the docks? And then uh, the next scene is back with Harry. He realizes that uh, his dad was the green goblin and finds like his secret lair and hideout. He's like, shit, I know what to do. Let's go get Spider Man.
1: Go get him. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then the last scene of the movie is Mary Jane not going to her wedding and then running to Peter, who lives in like this dingy apartment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she like bails on her wedding. Yeah. Runaway bride situation. You got it.
0: And she's like, I'm cool with you being Spider Man. Like, you should have (laughs) asked.
1: yeah she's like you should have just told me man
0: yep and then he's like uh there's sirens in the distance he's like i gotta go and she's like go do it and so he's swinging go get him tiger the end
1: happy ending spider-man 2 for now nice till spider-man 3
0: yes (laughs) we don't have to do that one
1: (laughs) i don't think i saw that one the old one
0: Uh, everybody's like oh it's not as bad as you remember and then i'm like i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I remember it being pretty dumb, but uh maybe maybe I'll revisit I it. Gotta
1: give it another chance. I don't know.
0: All right. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and analyze the two? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some analysis. We'll gotcha. be right back.
1: We're back. We're gonna get into some analysis.
0: Yeah, so this is um this is a good topic for me just because like I don't know, work is everywhere you always have to go to work <laughs> <laughs> if you're fortunate enough um especially in you know america to have kept your job over the last like year and a half two years yeah. um you know some people really look forward to work i don't know
1: i feel like i'm the kind of person that i am always like 100% dedicated to what i do like yeah. if i'm going to do it i'm not going to half ass it yeah um which is a good thing that i love my job because i like Like love to put effort into it and work hard, and I think it makes it easier when you're like, I don't know. It's almost easier to be focused on something instead. Does that make sense?
0: Um, sure.
1: Yeah. So when I worked in a restaurant, um, in the food industry, yeah, my old boss said he's like, I always feel like my like the staff is at their prime when we are busy and focused and everybody's working hard. He's like, people. Make mistakes when they're not as like focused, and there's just like less going on, so they don't feel like they have to like train their. Yeah, I
0: could see that. Like when it's busy and you're on, like there's yeah. kind of that like stress under pressure that um, like kind of makes you rise to the occasion. Right, so, it like
1: forces you to work hard and like not be lazy. As opposed to if you had like a table, like you might be a bad waitress because you're just like pulling around because you're like, oh, let me, I guess I'll go serve those people, and yeah. like,
0: I guess it goes person to person, you know, too. Right, because sometimes when you don't have too much to do, you could like spend the extra time to really get in into something and like explore it instead of like having a million things to do, whereas you're just kind of like rushing through stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean it depends on the industry. I think in that situation, Um, I mean clearly Peter was stretching himself too thin. Yeah, I was gonna (laughs) say you
0: can't like be a superhero with like (laughs) go to like a college a highly accredited like science major and like he just try had to to have like friends too much on his plate <laughs> yeah exactly so you gotta you have to like partition out like what you're gonna focus your time on because sometimes work could really take over you know and if mm. especially if you're a hard worker maybe you don't see like the end or like you don't know how in it you are you could kind of uh lose track of like stuff around you you know
1: i feel like hard workers prioritize like
0: See, that goes to my motto, where it's... (laughs) Which,
1: but, like, Peter does that in the movie. He, like, thinks about, like, what's important to him and, like, how he can best go accomplishing it.
0: Yeah. Well, he prioritizes being Spider-Man for the longest time. Right. It's not until, like, you know, his friends kind of reclaim him. You know, his aunt and...
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, I always think, like, work smarter, not harder. (laughs) So maybe this is... (laughs) A little against the grain for the show title, but I think, um, obviously like there is hard work in everything, but, uh, if I could do something easily a different way, I'm going to do that. I think that's my, mod- uh, my strategy. I
1: gotcha. Pod did not have that mentality. Yeah, no. Like clearly Pa is the hard worker in Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's also not necessarily
0: because he got his neighbor to build a bunch of stuff. So that's well, they were teamwork in it.
1: And then he went and worked. Yeah. Well, you're right. OK, you're right. <laughs> yeah. they He pulled together in a teamwork situation to yeah. like help it get things done. That's true. Mm. He was working smarter there. He knew he couldn't accomplish it alone. Couldn't get that roof on by himself.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Spider-Man even talked Dr. Octopus into like destroying his own machine. So.
1: True. Yeah.
0: You yeah, know. But at the same time, you have to put others' needs before yours as well. So you don't want to overwork your friend.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's what uh, Mr. Edwards and uh, Pa do, you know? Yeah,
0: they go and get the glass and they do nice stuff for the family.
1: Yeah, they're there for each other. Very neighborly.
0: Nice stuff for the Native Americans as well.
1: Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Scott also. You know, like when the family gets sick, like Mrs. Scott comes and helps like nurse them back to health. very true. You know, so they're there for each other. And I mean, you can't like, work your ass off and not need some time to like recoup you know
0: yeah exactly like you can't um overwhelm yourself you know because then you get taken out of the game <laughs> like, yeah. especially spider-man I mean like the stress of uh just his life it's, like screwed his whole powers up <laughs> like he just lost them
1: it takes like a physical toll though like s- yeah. sometimes if you work yourself too hard and like you just need I mean I am a strong believer in the mental health day
0: <laughs> yeah especially like when you're stressed at work you know you're vision gets crossed and you just, you can't get anything done. Like, you know, I always say that the, like the computer screen starts to look like the matrix. Like you just have no idea what you're looking at. Like it starts to turn into the matrix.
1: Right. It just like it's numbers and like, yeah, lines. Like, and, what am I doing? I mean, I don't have to deal with computers, but I think sometimes like this, I mean, I do sometimes, you know, for work, yeah, but, yeah. uh, not in the sense of like an office setting where I'm on the computer eight hours a day. But I feel like even with my line of work, I you get so like run down.
0: Yeah, and especially with like relationships and stuff too, because I watch the computer all day, and I don't know if this is the same thing with other office type jobs. But once I log off, I just don't want to be on the computer. I don't want to look at my phone. <laughs> like, yeah, so you kind of lose touch with people because you know the texts that you would answer, you're just like, I need to give my eyes a break. I don't want ever, and then. A day turns into two days or three days and, you go know, shit, I didn't answer that person back ever.
1: <laughs> That's just a general thing. I feel yeah. like I, I do the answer inside my head thing a lot where like you get a text message and like,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: You're just you answer it in your head and you're like, OK, so I'll give them an answer answers in head and then never actually sends the real text message. <laughs>
0: yeah. You got to make time to relax, you know, like don't mm-hmm. let work. Jo- like be your life
1: (laughs) right are you working to live or living to work exactly yeah Yeah. like i
0: get it people love their job or their career and you know for them they really did stumble upon something that works for them and it's it's not even work at that point it's just Mm. them being happy and that's how they spend their time but you know for a lot of people in the world they'll be at a job (laughs) you know they don't have that luxury so that's your case. You know, you really do have to fill your free time with friends and family and
1: fun things. Yeah. Like when Pa brings out the fiddle and they have a little dance party yeah, a little exactly. musical, like that's <laughs> how they had fun. And it's funny because like, it's not like Pa has a straight up job. I guess, I mean, I guess he would technically be a farmer. He bought the plow and seedlings, you know, if you yeah. wanted to classify his career. <laughs> um, he's a wanderer. I don't mm. know. That's his career.
0: <laughs> Explorer.
1: That. Uh, But, you know, he's still providing for his family, even while he gets up and takes care of the livestock to keep the family going and planting seeds, making sure they have food.
0: (laughs) That's always good. (laughs)
1: You know, so it's, I don't know, like his work style is literally just his life. (laughs) Yeah, I think he kind of
0: looked into like, you know, he'd already be doing it anyway, so you might as well provide. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's not like he's going out and making money.
0: Yeah, I mean. Spider-Man would have better things to do if he wasn't Spider-Man, clearly, because he's, you know, going to these plays and he's being there for his friends and stuff. So it sucks for him because he's got to be Spider-Man. And he's a good student, too. Yeah, Like, he's
1: got, like, good grades in school and he's a smart guy.
0: Yeah. Gotta suck. (laughs) So, I mean, you got to, like, balance all those things as well, especially if you're, like, Spider-Man and you can't really get out of you know your obligations, and you have a lot.
1: Your Spider-Man duties. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, your normal sometimes duties feel like that. You know, like it's yeah. obviously you're not like swinging around town and saving people, but it can be overwhelming when you just want to do something and you get a notification. And you're like, I have to drop everything and do this.
1: Right, right, yeah. Like things come up, and like there's
0: boundaries, especially with work from home. Just boundaries are gone because yeah, you know, our living room is my office, and sometimes I'm at work. And I'm like, I just want to go home. And then I look around. I'm like, I am home. I can't go anywhere else.
1: (laughs) I think boundaries are super important, especially nowadays, because like people have their phones and they expect you to like drop everything to like do work, like, you know, answer an email or like people like your boss will text you something and like, you know, expect (laughs) you to do it. And like you need to set boundaries for yourself. Like Mm. on my days off, I'm off. Like, don't ask (laughs) me to do work things like I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I tell myself I have boundaries, <laughs> I, but that's that falls back to my like, I'm always committed one hundred and ten percent. And that's a, That's a dancer thing, too. It's like mm. weird discipline. Yeah. Abuse in our childhoods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You got to watch out for that abuse from the workplace.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Yeah. But that's I, I guess kind of leads into my next bullet point is like when to work and not to work. <laughs> Which is a little funny when you think about it. Like, obviously, you have to work. You got to feed yourself and clothe yourself and stuff like that. But, you know, you can't overwork at a place that doesn't care for you. You know, I think you should really look at the signs of like a toxic work environment. Oh, yeah. Look for the signs of manipulation, you know, by management. And, you know, if you don't know what you need to do to get a raise, that's a red flag. I think that's my first thing that I tell people. I'm like, this is what you would need to do if you wanted to move up here.
1: Right. So, I don't
0: know. There's a lot of places that will like run you down to the, you know, down to your bones <laughs> and not care about it. So,
1: and that's where those healthy boundaries come in.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, so, uh, you
0: know, even if you have healthy boundaries, sometimes,
1: right, the situation's just toxic in general. Mm. I mean, did Peter Parker or Peter Parker clearly had a toxic situation?
0: <laughs> yeah. Toxic. Cause spider. he was
1: like losing his like physical capabilities. So,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like, risking death every night <laughs>
1: <laughs> well why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with some ratings and recommendations sure.
0: we'll be right back all right we're back so what would you rate your story
1: uh i'm going very nice yeah for little house on the prairie it's one of my childhood favorites and
0: yeah you mentioned it a lot
1: <laughs> it, it was like very like foundational for me i yeah. guess i think i said that before but yeah, yeah i
0: mean you got to drive it home
1: uh so i mean little house on the prairie stands up it's a classic it's you know going to stand the test of time mm. uh my mvp is cl- obviously laura <laughs> <laughs> yeah and remembering it's coming from like a childhood perspective is very interesting it's like from that like youthful lens so mm. like the more adult things in the novel such as like you know uh the Ingalls family and other settlers taking over the Osage land, like you know, it's just viewed differently and also the way it's written from the nineteen thirties. Yeah. Is obviously dated.
0: <laughs> it's dated.
1: Sure. Uh you know, it's Indians, not Native Americans. Yeah. And, you know, Ma's very scared of the the Native Americans mm. and whatnot, which, you know, she has a right to be and she's but you know, she's in a new place and all that stuff. But yeah, Laura's perspective is always really interesting to me. Mm. And my masterpiece scene is when the dog returns to the family. <laughs> that makes so much obviously. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh in terms of recommendations, we have the other little house books. You know, there's Little House in the Big Woods. I believe it's Little House on Plum Creek is the next one in the series. I believe it's yeah, it's Plum Creek something or other. Mm. Uh, Farmer Boy is the one about her husband. There's also the TV series, the popular, I believe, 70s TV series. I was real about that, too. <laughs> yeah. With like Melissa Gilbert and Michael Landon and that whole crew. Great nice. cast. And then there's Sarah Plain and Tall, which is like a classic, one of those Newbery Award winner books for children that's, a re- that's related to uh, like pioneers and settlers and travelers and stuff. And then apparently, I just Googled this before, there's a book called Pioneer Girl, which is also by Laura and another co-author. And it's like, I guess, tells like the real stories, like what's like fictional and like what's nonfiction in the books. Yeah. Then there's also Caroline, which is Ma, like Ma's like real life stories are like, you know, it's more focused on her and it's like more the grown up version. Like they get into like, you know, sexual stuff and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I really want to read this one. It's Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And it's uh, Nellie, who's like the bully on the TV show and later in the book series, is Mm. like the town bully or whatever, who always bullies the Angles girls. It's about her perspective about on the TV show, like the actress who played Nellie on the TV show. It's her perspective. So if you were ever into Little House on the Prairie? I feel like those are good reads. <laughs> nice. Very cool. What about you?
0: Uh, so I'd go I think Super Nice for this one cuz it's it really? laid the groundwork. Yeah, it's I think it's a really influential superhero movie and it really la- uh, laid a lot of groundwork for the future movies to come like all right, what all you can right. get away with, what you know, how comic book you can get with it. Um, you know, they have Kirsten Dunst to it think is an academy award winner. I love her. <laughs> Alfred Molina, uh you know there was a lot of people in the other superhero movies at this point like uh Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in the X-Men movies and stuff, but I think Alfred Molina was the first like theatrical kind of head scratching actor in a superhero movie where you're like okay, like real actors are going to be in this not I uh, don't I don't mean, I don't mean I to say I know what you mean. Like like thespians, <laughs> you know, like real like <laughs> I don't know.
1: Like people that are just not like unknown. Unconventional. Or, like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean.
0: I mean, Marlon Brando and Superman doesn't count. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So um, my masterpiece scene would obviously be the uh, the train.
1: Yeah. That's a yeah, really good scene. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think my MVP is actually going to be J.K. Simmons because he was so good at um, J. Jonah Jameson that they. Brought him back in the yeah. Tom Holland movies. I mean, you can't ever recast that. So. He
1: was, yeah, he, he's yeah. untouchable. Also, rest that in role.
0: peace Ed Asner, who played yeah. Jay Jonah in the cartoon. So that's sad.
1: That's right. That just happened. Yeah.
0: And um, for recommendations, I would actually go with Superman 2, because it kind of, Superman loses his powers. Superman 2? Like, oh. Yeah. The um, Christopher Reeves Superman movie.
1: I feel like, did I see that? Maybe. I don't remember. That was like,
0: that's like the iconic of those old movies. Was that like
1: 2006-ish? No.
0: 19, like 80. Never mind. (laughs) There was a
1: Superman that came out in like the 2000s, right? So
0: yeah, that was uh, Superman Returns. So that is in the same continuity of those ones. Gotcha. But it's like 20, 30 years later, whatever.
1: I forget that there was superhero (laughs) movies before Marvel. they They
0: were weird. They were like afraid to be themselves. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Cause I guess there was just like this like nerdy yeah. connotation behind it. I don't know. Yeah.
0: They were like, we can't dress the X-Men like superheroes. We have to put them in leather biker outfits. <laughs> like what? what? Yeah. Like
1: that definitely failed. That mm. backfired on them for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's my stories. I think I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you uh, like what you heard today, please let us know. We have, um, Our reviews open as always. (laughs) Apple Podcasts open, guys. Yes, Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can listen to all our back episodes there as well as Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Bullhorn, Audible, (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Still figuring
1: out Bullhorn. Yeah,
0: if you could find us on social media, we have links to everything. Heather, do you want to tell them where to get to us?
1: Absolutely. If you want to look for us on social media, you can find us Parallel Fiction on Instagram and Twitter parallel fiction podcast on facebook where you can send us an old-fashioned email the parallel at gmail.com
0: thanks guys take care
1: have a great week